Welcome to the Declaration Podcast. We want to thank you for joining us. We pray that today's message encourages you and blesses you. If you'd like to connect with us, please visit us at declaration.org. I'm going to give you like seven seconds of praise break or something. I need some, I need some excitement in the house today. It's going to be a good day. It's going to be a good month. It's nearly spring, I think. What happened to that? What is it, the groundhog? What happened to that guy? Early? I don't know if he told the truth. All right. But it's a great day. We're going to begin a new series this morning called Accelerate, unless you, I don't know if you kind of caught the vibe there, but we're going to start this new series, which is basically a one-year refresh of something that we did about this time last year called Movement. It's hard to believe that it's been a year. Like, I don't know, how many of you guys were here for Movement? Anybody? It's hard to believe it's been a year, right? And I don't know, maybe some of you, it's been a, a good year. Maybe it's been a challenging year, a trying year, um, especially in, in light of some of the things that we know that God did and some of the things that we know that God said and some of the commitments that we've made to the Lord. And, uh, and so I don't know, I don't know where, where your, has, your year has gone with that, but it, it's, been a, it's been a year already, if you can believe that. And as we look back, um, I think about it, and really, honestly, this all kind of began um, at least publicly, in January of 2018, which was a series that we did. It's a series we do um, usually every other year. We did not do it this year, so maybe you'll know what we'll do in January of next year. But it's a series called Dream Again, where we really just kind of focus in on allowing God to refresh maybe some dreams that have been in our hearts, some calling, some vision that he's given to us that maybe we haven't fully stepped into yet. And, and during that series in 2018, Dream Again, um, it had already become pretty apparent what God was saying to us in leadership with vision. And so we kind of brought that vision to the church. And um, in that series, if I could sum up kind of a big idea moment from Dream Again of 2018, we said this. We said, unless we see it before we see it, we'll never see it. And then we cast vision saying we really felt like as a leadership that God was saying that he had a land for, he had play, a place for us, a promised land, if you will, for Declaration Church, and, and I'll talk a little bit more about that in a little bit, but, um, and I just remember, if we, if, we don't, if we don't see it before we see it, we'll never see it, and, um, and so we said in 2018 that we believed sometime in the year 2020, we talked about 2020 clarity, 2020 vision, right, that somewhere on, on, on the year 2020, we would step foot on the land that God has for us, and I can I can joyfully say that we have done that in Jesus' name. Amen? God has brought that land. Come on now, that, that deserves a way better. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. Because here's the thing. We may just go, oh, yeah, that's cool. That's dirt. No, great. That's just a building. But what I see is, man, that is a, a ministry center where the fire of God will continually fall 24-7. And lives are going to be changed. And families are going to be changed. And generations are going to be changed. And marriages are going to be changed. And students are going to be called to, to radical ministry ways and, and adults alike. Do you see what I'm saying? So I see a lot more than just, oh, it's just a piece of property. And so it's pretty incredible that as we stand here in March of 2020 um, that, that I can say, man, God, you are so faithful that you, you, you put that in, in the hearts of many people in our church and now here we are and you have provided in that. And so come on, let's give the Lord another big round of applause for that. You know, it was, it was really big vision, and let me tell you why. Because what you didn't know that we knew as we were having phone calls and discussions and meetings way back when was that there was no land to be had out here 
that seemed reasonable. In fact, when we launched the church, I remember telling Pastor Jeff, who I'm so thankful for at Woods Edge Church, um, he's my pastor, and, and I remember telling him, man, I love this vision. I wish you would have thought about this about seven years ago and went ahead and bought some land because <laughs> it's pretty expensive right now. And, and I would have loved to inherit that from you. But anyway, um, when we started looking, you know, there wasn't a lot even then to, to look at. In fact, this, this property right next door, if you just kind of, when you walk out today and you look right there, that corner lot, it's right under 10 acres, and they wanted $10 million for that. And so we started looking at that going, oh, my gosh, like, what is this going to, this is going to, be impossible, but you know, we just sang about a way maker, a miracle worker, a God who takes the impossible and makes it possible, amen? And so he didn't just give us 10 acres on a corner, he gave us 86 acres on 99 right there, and then another additional 27 down Burnham Woods for $2 million. Come on, somebody, now that's something to shout about. So that's what I'm saying. So um, this took us to last year movement, and many of you were here, and, and I believe it was a monumental moment in the lives of our, uh, of our lives personally, but also in the life of our church. Also, there are many of you that were not here for that. You've heard us talk about movement. You may be new to the Declaration family, which is why we want to catch you up on this vision. We want to tell you all the things that God has been doing. I mean, that's kind of our name, right? We declare the mighty acts of God, and we want to invite you to partner with, thing, to, 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 to partner with this, to be an official part of movement. Now, you've heard me say over the last year, you know, if, if God has, has um, brought you into this church and, and you have felt compelled to even give a dollar, literally, then you are already part of the movement. But we want you to officially understand what this whole thing is about, and we want to in- involve you. We want to we invite you. Now, hear me say this. You're under no obligation, um, if you're, especially if you're brand new today, and you're like, what did I just step into? <laughs> you're under no obligation. But listen, it's an opportunity we want to invite you. I, I believe this. I, even if this is your first Sunday, man, you, God may call you to sow seeds of faith into something that will have just an incredible harvest of fruit later to come. And, and, and I believe that in the sowing, there, in that act of faith, man, there is blessing on that. And that's what we're going to talk about a little bit today. We're, we're kind of doing some refresh. Some of these things for some of you may sound somewhat familiar, but I promise they're going to be different just enough. So make sure that I want to ask you, please, boldly. Now, I know spring break's coming, right? Spring break is coming. I'm going to ask you boldly, please, make every effort to be here this month, all right? I know spring break. I know, I know. Come on. But, but stick with me. Um, I think it's going to be an incredible, incredible month together. Um, do your best to be here. These are very important days in the life of our churches. I believe that God is calling us and he is inviting us to now begin to joyfully accelerate this legacy that he's called us to, all right? And so um, I want you to know, um, I, don't want to, I don't want you to miss out, miss out. God's doing some big things. In every other chair, we've kind of given you a packet of things. Um, if you're somewhat new with us, this, uh, this service guide will kind of help you kind of understand a little bit some things that you may wonder about, things like where are the bathrooms? Well, here's the thing. We used to have an awesome sign that said bathrooms this way, the rapture happened, and we don't know where that sign went. <laughs> so good news, now you know, right? If you've, if you've, like, been here for three weeks and you've held it the whole time, bless you. But it's right here, all right? So you've got that. You've got a Connect card in here. We'd love for you to fill this out, whether you're brand new, whether you need to update us um, of, of some changes. 
uh, whether you have a commitment you're making or a prayer request or a testimony, that's there for you. We also have, um, for in, pray for me, y'all, because sometimes I am burning the midnight oil on Saturday, putting the finishing touches on this sermon for Sunday, but we actually have notes for you. If you are a blank filler, either this is gonna bless you or burden you, all right? So, <laughs> but you have that in there. And then lastly, you've got a, a new card in here. It's what we call our Accelerate Commitment Card. This is a very important piece, if you will. Don't worry about it right now. Don't worry about that, but here's what I want you to do. Take it with you, put it in a safe place, and just, to, just as a reminder to pray, and then when, when it comes time to really talk through this, we will, but put this on your refrigerator. Put it somewhere where you're gonna see it daily and begin to pray, and here's what I'm asking you to pray for. I'm asking you to pray for God's plan, God's will, God's direction, his leadership, his guidance, his calling, um, his vision, you, you pray as God leads you, but every time your eye catches that card, would you please pray that not only will God do incredible, supernatural, mighty things in and through this church for this area, but that God would also do that in your life as well, in your family. Um, we've been saying this, man, every part is important, right? We just came out of that last series. Every part of us, every single one of us is vital to the mission, I believe, that God has called Declaration to. And so this card right now, it's just a physical reminder of a heart of prayer over your city, over your church. And then also, um, as we get closer, we'll talk more about, okay, what is God calling us and what is he saying to us uh, personally? So those are those resources for you there. All right, let's jump in. So we just wrapped that series called Gifted on Spiritual Gifts. I thought this would be a good story to start us into this Accelerate series. It is a story that actually Pastor Aaron told me. Um, he told me this a while ago, but he reminded me of it this week. And by the way, I just want everybody to know, today is Pastor Aaron's birthday. He is finally 25. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you wish you were 25, don't you? It's all good. Anyway, so he told the story. There, there's this preacher named Bobby Connor. I think we got a picture of him. And um, he's someone that I know that um, Pastor Aaron's family really respects and really good, really good guy, good preacher. Um, but he, he also operates in a very strong prophetic spiritual gift, talking about gifts, right? He, he, he operates in a very strong prophetic spiritual gift. And um, and if you know anything about a prophetic spiritual gift, especially for someone who holds a microphone, sometimes that can put you into some pretty interesting moments in life. I can tell you of a few of mine, but, but I'm not the point of this story, so I'm going to just stick with, with Bobby's story here. So he was preaching one time at an event in Houston, not far, obviously, from here, and there's this guy. He's sitting on the front row. He's got his arms crossed. He looks a little curmudgeon-y. You know, he's kind of mad, a little frustrated. Um, and, and some of y'all kind of look like that, too, sometimes. Just so you know, you may be thinking, I'm, I'm happy, man. I'm, I'm tickled pink to be here. Tell your face, all right? And so he, he's down there just, you know, just grinching it up, and he's clearly not happy, and Bobby's teaching. And in, in, in his spirit, Bobby hears God, and, and, and um, he begins to ask God, and he's like, man, what's up with this guy on the front row? You know, and, um, and he's teaching, and he believes, to hear, he believes he hears the Lord say to him, oh, well, he doesn't believe in in any prophetic gift, but when this night is over, he will. Okay, so Bobby continues his teaching, and as he does, three different times, um, he hears the Lord say, I have a word for that gentleman. Um, will you give it to him? And so um, it's, uh, if, you've, if you've seen any other places in Scripture where, where Jesus asks you a question three times, right? Do you love me? Do you love me? <laughs> and so Bobby's like, well, yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll give this word to him. I'll, I'll do that. And... Um, 
and a little time passes. Bobby finishes teaching, and God says to Bobby, are you ready to give him the word? Tell me if I get this wrong, okay, if I need to add. Bobby says, yeah, and, and God says, okay, call him up. So, so Bobby calls up this gentleman and, and his wife up, up to the stage. Important to the story, understand the wife um, already has a, a relationship with God, um, and, and she believes in that people can speak prophetically through you know, or that God can speak prophetically through people. And, and so Bobby just kind of blesses her and encourages her. And it's at this point that Bobby, or that God says to Bobby, he says, um, now you said that you would give him this word. And Bobby said, and I will. And it's just then that, that he feels like God says, okay, I want you to lean in then and begin to nibble on his ear. <laughs> True, right? Uh, what, God? <laughs> Now, remember, he asked him three times, will you give him this word, right? <laughs> I want you to lean in and begin to nibble on this guy's ear. And, and so, um, <laughs> so Bobby kind of leans in as if, as if he's about to say something to this guy. And, and, man, and as soon as he starts leaning in, he hears God say, and just gobble it good. Like that? <laughs> so reluctantly, knowing how risky this is potentially going to be, um, he may get his tail handed to him here. Bobby leans in and nibbles on the guy's ear. And, and um, as he does, he begins to hear God just kind of give him some download. And he begins to say exactly what God says just right into this man's ear, right? And when he's done, the man steps back from him and he says, um, I'll believe anything you say. <laughs> and Bobby says, okay, well, then tell me what just happened and, and why will you believe me? I was concerned that you might beat me, not believe me, right? And, and the man says, well, I, 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 don't, I did not believe in spiritual gifts or any of this prophetic stuff or any of this stuff for that matter when I came. I only came because my wife believes and she really wanted me to be here. So, so you got to understand, though, he said, for the past three to four months, literally, before going to bed each night, my wife and I, we would read. And, and right before going to sleep... Um, every night, my wife has closed her book first. She's laid it down. She's leaned over to me every night, nibbled on my ear, and whispered exactly what you just said to me. Now, listen, <laughs> that, I'm not going to say anything, but that night was a risky move of radical faith. Come on, somebody, right? <laughs> it was a risky move, an unrelenting obedience to God. Um, and, and, and that unrelenting obedience to God turns into a salvation story of a man who would literally experience a great move of God right there. I mean, it's powerful. It would change him. And, and ultimately, think about this. When he changes, it's going to change him. It's going to change his family. It's going to change generations of his family, right? Powerful, powerful. Risky, risky move of radical faith. Obedient, even through a crazy and an unconventional and quite possibly uncomfortable way, Right? Um, God's moving and he's inviting. He invites us to move with him, to join him as he moves. And so that's, that's what I want to talk about today. I don't, I mean, I'm not going to say, I hope God asks you to nibble on some stranger's ear, but I'm saying that God invites us to join him. Uh, here's the big idea, if I can, of today's message. Are you ready for it? And, and I think this is in your notes if you want to look, but here's the big idea. A radical move of God requires a radical faith in God. A radical move of God requires a radical faith in God. We're going to be in the book of Genesis. This is actually, this story of Abram, or Abraham, we know him as Abraham, is what really launched us, man. God just kind of had me in this passage, really just seven verses, to be exact. Most of it was just seven verses. He had me in this passage for literally over two years. 
And for a while, I didn't know why until all of a sudden God began to give clarity to his vision. And so that's where we want to be today. I'm going to read from Genesis chapter 12, 1 through 7. Listen as I read. Just read along. The Lord said to Abram, leave your native country, your relatives, your father's family. Go to the land that I will show you. I'm going to make you into a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous, and you will be a blessing to others. I will bless those who bless you and curse those who treat you with contempt. All the families on earth will be blessed through you. So Abram departed as the Lord had instructed, and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he left Haran. He took his wife, Sarai, his nephew Lot, and all his wealth, his livestock, and all the people he had taken into his household at Haran and headed for the land of Canaan. When they arrived in Canaan, Abram traveled through the land as far as Shechem. There he set up camp beside the oak of Morah. At that time, the area was inhabited by Canaanites. It was then that the Lord appeared to Abram and said, I will give this land to your descendants. And Abram built an altar there and dedicated it to the Lord who had appeared to him. Let's pray together. Father, would you empower your word through your Holy Spirit and speak words of life and encouragement and challenge and vision to us? God, would you continue the work re Restoke the embers of the fire in our heart for vision, not just for our church, but personally, for our family. And God, remind us, remind us of, of, those, of those moments where our heart began to beat fast as we begin to, to dream about all that you had for us and all that you have for us as a church. We pray you'd speak powerfully in Jesus' name. Amen. So a man named William Faulkner once said, you cannot swim for new horizons until you have courage to lose sight of the shore. Um, Friedrich von Schiller, in his book Fiesco, once said, to save all, we must risk all. So here's our big idea again. If we want to see a radical move of God, it's going to require a radical faith in God. Such is the story of Abram. In Genesis 12, we see it in verse 1. The Lord said to him, leave your, leave your native country, leave your relatives, leave your father's family, leave your, your comfort zone, leave your familiar, leave um, your even inheritance, leave, leave, and go to the land that I will show you. That's so important. Don't miss that. Go to the land that I will show you. I'm going to make you a great nation if you do. I'm going to bless you, and you're going to be famous you're going to be a blessing to others. I'll bless those who bless you, curse those who treat you with contempt. All the families of the earth will be blessed through you. Now, as we said last year, when we launched into movement, we kind of teed up movement with this. We didn't preach it until the end, but we just kind of talked about, especially verses one through three there. And as we said last year, Abram or Abraham, he had a choice. Now he could, he could play it safe. Listen, sometimes it's easy to play it safe, right? It feels better to play it safe. It feels better. Um, he, he could have played it safe. He could have stayed right there, or he could risk it all and go. I, I know stories of right here in this house where, where we felt like we had a call, we felt like we had vision, and, and we, we decided to go, and, and, and it, there was no safety, right? There was no safety nets, right, James Kelly? There was no safety nets. It was just go. And, and sometimes we get into the process, and as you'll see, if, if you really know the whole story, um, and we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it, but sometimes we get in the process and things don't align the way that we thought that they should align. Things may not even go the way that we think that they're supposed to go. 
You could play it safe and stay, or you could risk it all and go. See, going would require a level of obedience. Um, It would require a a, a depth of obedience and and even a measure of sacrifice. However, going would come with a promise of great blessing, especially from God. This This is a call of God. This is a vision from God himself. And God is not giving all the directives. He's not even giving all the answers. He's simply inviting Abram right now to go. And he says, if you go, I'm going to do these things. Go. If you'll be obedient, if you'll trust me, Abram, if you'll follow me, Abram, and you're, you're going to have to follow me because I'm not even telling you where you're going to go on the map. I'm going to tell you that when you arrive there, which requires you're going to have to daily trust me as you go. Every step that you take is going to have to be a step of faith with me. You're going to have to stick with me. So going would come with promise of great blessing, but still would also mean so many unknowns. Staying would come with many knowns, but would mean no promise of great blessing potentially. One required faith, one resolved to familiar. But let's look at Abram's, let's look at his position. Staying, yeah, it may not have come with this big promise of blessing from God, but it still looked like it was decent. I mean, once his dad was gone, he would have all of that. But God says, no, I want you to leave. I want you to leave your relatives, leave the land of your fathers, leave, maybe this is speaking to us, leave what you know to be comfortable and even sure, leave the sure thing behind, God may be saying. Leave the sure thing behind. Leave the familiar. Leave the potentially easy. See, staying would come with many knowns again but would mean no promise of great blessing. One required faith, one resolved to the familiar. God is inviting Abraham into a new vision, but with that vision came great risk. However, we must remember, if we're going to see a great move of God, it's going to require a great faith in God, right? It may appear really risky, but, but what reward do we forego if we are not willing to step out in faith? Think about that. How many times in your life have you felt like, man, here's an opportunity, man. I'm at, the, I'm at the edge of a moment here. I'm looking into this great unknown. And did you back away from it because there was no safety net and, and, and live back into the land of familiar? Or did you go ahead and take a step? What, what reward do we forego if we aren't willing to step out in faith? Abram, will you leave all that's familiar behind for the promise of this great blessing? See, is the vision that God painted and, 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 and planted in you, for, for some of us, is the vision that God has, has called you to so compelling, right, that you will obey God's command no matter the cost? That's the question that we must ask ourselves. And look how it reads in the NASB. It says, the Lord says to Abram, go forth from your country. Here's the first point I want you to see, the first point for today. A great move of God is preceded by a command of God. He's going to speak it first. He's going to invite you. And please hear me say that. He's going to invite you. A great move of God is preceded by a command of God. God told Abram, go forth from your country, from your relatives, from your father's house, to the land that I will show you. Leave your father, the assurance of inheritance. Leave your ancestors. Leave leave behind the known for the unknown. And, and, And this is what he says. And I will make you a great nation. And I will bless you and make you a great name. And you you shall be a blessing. And then he goes on in three, and I will bless those who bless you, and the one who curses you, I will curse. And in you, all the families of the earth will be blessed. I want to define blessed for you. It can mean many different things. Biblically, it can mean more than satisfied. And I'm going to more than satisfy you, Abram. It could mean, um, or maybe say, bless or blessing has been most frequently understood in terms of benefits. 
benefits conveyed, whether it be prosperity, whether it be power, especially fertility. Um, anytime, biblically speaking, you see blessed, oftentimes you can, you can see it land in one of these three categories. I'm going to bless you, Abram. God's saying, if you go forth from, then I'm going to take you to. And then I'm going to do this. 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 He's saying your faith and your obedience is going to start a chain reaction, Abram. The moment you step out in faith to follow me, it will begin a chain reaction. And that will have incredibly, I mean, just incredible ramifications of blessing. Not just on you, but on all of your family, on generations to come. See, I wonder how many of us Maybe last year, maybe in the last year, over this last year, I wonder how many of us have been hearing God speak something similar. Step out. Hey, I have this for you. I'm inviting you to do this. I'm inviting you to be a part of this. You know, I wonder how many of us have been hearing God speak, commanding us to go, commanding us to step, to step into new vision, to step into new territory, to step into um, or to move with him maybe into a new season. See, one thing we need to understand quickly in verse 1 is if we aren't listening to God, we cannot be led by God. We've got to have our heart and our ear in tune to what God is doing and saying moment by moment, day by day. Spending that time with him, being in prayer with him, being sensitive, allowing, Holy Spirit, would you just allow me to be so sensitive to the voice of God today? Maybe it's even, uh, God, I feel like I'm hearing you say something. Would you just silence all creation and please allow me to only hear from the uncreated voice right now? God, what is it you're telling me, yes or no? Go or stay, whatever it is. If we aren't listening to God, we can't be led by God. If we aren't willing to obey his commands, then we won't be able to operate in his call. Without obedience, you cannot step into that new vision. You cannot realize that new dream. You can't step into that new season or take that new territory if you are not following where God is trying to lead you. So in order to go to, you got to go from. Are you with me, everybody? Brace yourself because that might require some change. And I know that that's tough for some of us to chew on. But that's literally what God might be saying right now. There may be some change coming. In this Accelerate the Movement season, um, this not only applies to us corporately as a church. Please hear me. I believe this applies to you individually as well. If you aren't leaning in and listening to God, asking God, I mean, I liken it to like Moses in Exodus 33. That was a passage that we preached last year. Where, where Moses, you know, he's, he's hearing from God. He's going up. He's getting the law. And all of a sudden he says, show me your glory, God. He says, show me your glory. I don't want to move one step unless I know that you're with me. We don't want to take one step in any direction unless we know that you're with us, that you're leading us. See, if we aren't listening to God, we can't be led by God. Back to Genesis 12. Now the Lord said to Abram, go forth from your country, from your relatives, from your father's house to the land which I will show you. See, God is inviting, instructing Abraham to go and to leave, which indicates movement. In other words, get after it, Abram. It's time to do this, man. And I believe that God is saying the same thing to us today. It's time to buckle down. It's time to go, to get after it. It's time to step into this radical obedience because if we want to see him move in a radical way, it's going to require a radical faith and radical obedience. I think God is always inviting us into that next spiritual step. So church as followers of Jesus, I don't think that we're ever really supposed to sit still unless you hear God command you to. For example, Psalm 46, Psalm 46.10 which most hear that as an invitation to, to worship. Yes, but really contextually, the tone is God saying, be still. 
My dad had a way about him in church when he was in the choir loft and I was in the balcony. If he just went, <clears throat> I knew that, I knew exactly what that meant. That's kind of exactly what God is saying in Psalm 46, right? <clears throat> but I don't believe that God is really ever calling us to stay still unless he is intentionally telling us, be still right now. I think that we're always supposed to be moving forward in faith. If we are followers of Jesus, this means we are to be active in our following him as he's moving. This means we are to be moving in faith with him. Again, like Moses, Exodus 33, put God before all else. We don't want to move in any direction, God, unless we know that you're moving with us, that you're leading us in this, that, that we're just following in your footsteps. I can see it in our society today, many of us are always on the move. Man, we're busy, 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 busy. Man, our calendars are crazy full. But let me ask you, are you really moving with God? Are all of the things that you've, you've busied yourself with things that, that God would invite you to be busy doing? Or are they just busy work? I mean, you've heard me say it time and time again. If the devil can't make you bad, he'll just make you busy. So are you moving with God? Because if we aren't moving forward in faith, we can become stuck. We can become stagnant. Faith is forward movement, even when you're not sure where or why. Faith is not the absence of fear. Faith is the activity of belief. It's not the absence of fear. It's the activity of belief. God gives Abraham a promise. If he moves forward in faith and obedience, he says, I'm going I'm to bless you. I, I, I'm going to make you a great nation. I'm going to bless you and make you famous, and you will be a blessing to others. See, listen, our stepping forward in faith and moving with him, following him as he moves, this is what's going to bring us into the blessing. Not only blessing, but provision, protection of our integrity and blessing. Look at it, verse 3. He says, I'm going to bless those who bless you and curse those who treat you with contempt. In other words, I will bless and curse those to the measure by which they bless and curse you. I'll never forget because one time I have, a, I have a really good friend who he also has a very strong prophetic bend to him. And sometimes that can be mistaken a little bit as, well, in a couple of ways, just tough, right? And, and one time somebody, and somebody really kind of did him wrong and, and, uh, and, and he was kind of telling me this story. I was like, oh my gosh, well, what did you say? What did you do? He said, you know what I told him? I said, well, I pray that you'll be blessed to the measure by which you've blessed me. And I was like, oh, man, because I knew what had happened, right? And I'm like, I know what you, you might as well just punch the guy in the stomach, you know, but, but that's it. I mean, and, and that's exactly what's happening here. I mean, God is promising, I'm going to, there's going to be provision, protection. And, and here's the other thing, I'm going to protect your integrity here. I'm going to protect your integrity. I'm going to bless those who bless you and I will curse those who curse you. I mean, this is God speaking this. Listen, a lot of times we kind of, we like, the, we like the, the soft, fluffy Jesus who just loves us and gives us grace. And God's saying, hey, I'm going to put the smack down on them, y'all. He messes with you. That's what he's saying. And he will. Read the Old Testament. <laughs> he's saying, stick with me, Abram. I got your back. All the families on earth are going to be blessed through you. They're going to be more than satisfied through you. They're going to be provided for, protected through you. Here's the second thing I want you to see today. Point two, a great move of God is preceded by a promise of God. Not just a command, but a promise of God. God, God said to Abram, three things I'm going to do here in verse two. I'm going I'm to make you into a great nation. I'm going to bless you and make you famous. And you're going to be a blessing to others. Three things, three promises right there. And if you go, Abraham, oh, by the way, three more things. I'm going to bless those who bless you. I'm going to curse those who curse you or hold you with contempt. And every family on the earth will be blessed through you. So here we have six different things that God has promised here. Wow, I mean, Abraham, if you'll obey me, I'm going to use you to literally bless the whole world. 
to bless the whole world. Your life will have such deep significance. Man, you'll make such a difference that's going to change the world. I started thinking about that. Let me just ask you a few questions today, if I can. Do you believe that God wants to use your life to bless others? Do you believe that? Do you believe, really, do you believe that God, I mean, do you, do you live in a way that you believe God wants to use you to bless others? Now think about it. I'm talking every minute of every day. And sometimes I know, man, it can get tough. You've had a day and, and you're not really in the mood to be a blessing, right? <laughs> but think about that. I mean, even down to, man, the grocery store moments, you know, the, the gas station moments, the moment where people cut you off, and instead of saying they're number one, you just, I bless you. <laughs> it's yours. You pay taxes. You go, girl. I mean, do you see the privilege in walking in faith with God for the sake of others? Do you see the privilege that God invites us into of walking in faith so that you can bless others? What, what if your blessing really isn't about you? Hey, Abram. Hey, do this, man, nothing's going to happen to you. But guess what? Your kids and their kids and their kids and their kids. What if it's really not about you? But what if it's about somebody else? Would that be enough? Would it be worth the sacrifice? Would it be worth the risk? See, now, we know in Abraham's story, obviously it was. Obviously it was worth the risk, the sacrifice. See, a great move of God is preceded by a command of God, and a great move of God is preceded by a promise of God. Verse 4, so Abram departed as the Lord had instructed Abram counted the costs. He was willing to leave it all. He was willing to walk away from comfort. He was willing to forego convenience and familiar. He was willing to take the risk. Now listen to me this morning, if you will. God is really, I believe, impressing, speaking to me lately about taking big risk and trusting that he really is a big God. I mean, I, I think about some of the daily conversations and some of the meetings that have happened over the last year and just some of the things that, that sound to me, if it was just left up to me, it sounds absolutely ludicrous. Some of the things that have come across my desk or across my phone calls or whatever, however you'd say that, my phone lines. Do we have, are this real anymore? Is it all just in the air and that's why we're all messed up? Um, but God has really been talking to me about taking bigger risk. I mean, without great risk, there's really no great reward if you think about it, which leads me to the third thing I want you to take away from this morning if you're taking notes. A great move of God is preceded by obedience to God. Abraham, he obeyed, and aren't we glad that he did, everybody? I want you to think about that. I mean, his obedience has literally stretched through time and has touched every single one of us. Because his obedience, I mean, it was his obedience to go in faith that would eventually lead to the family line of Jesus, which would be the blessing of the whole world, everybody. Come on, somebody. Do you see what happened here? You know, Pastor Larry Stockstill is, is a spiritual giant. I think we've got a picture of him. And, and he's had this faithful, fruitful ministry for years and been responsible for mentoring so many church planters, countless young pastors. And for decades, he's planted a lot of churches and supported um, countless missional efforts with a passion for people and for the glory of God. And, and um, I think I shared this story last year about him, but it was so relevant. When asked if he could do anything, like he had this group of young pastors around him at one point, and he, he's kind of twilighted in a sense and, and, and passed the baton, but he's still very much a, 
living in a very apostolic role over so many churches and pastors. And so these young pastors asked him, if you could do anything else different, um, what would you do? And at first he said, no, I, think I'd, I don't think I would do anything else differently. But after pondering that question for a little bit, he kind of circled back and he said, you know what? I think I've changed my mind. He said, if I could, if I could, do, if I could do this whole thing all over again, if I could go back and do anything different, he, say, I, I, he said, I would take far greater risks than I did. I would take far greater risks. Now, let me tell you something about faith and risk. Faith, again, it's really not risk-taking. Faith is really simply moving in obedience to the command and promise God has given you. We use the word risk because we know that risk is what our flesh goes to, right? We know that risk is, oh, man, I got I to gotta think about that really hard before I do that. But when God speaks, and faith is really not taking risk. It's simply moving in obedience to the command and to the promise that God has given to you. Faith happens following that command or that call of God. And I think what Pastor Larry was suggesting is what I'm suggesting in that, that moving in faith is the given, but daring to move in risk. Now that's applying future faith now to a, for such a time as this moment yet to happen. It's radical obedience to trusting who God is and what God can do, believing that God, he, he's the God of making the impossible possible. Just like I gave you that story just a few minutes ago. We are, we are in a season of trusting God for just that. Trusting that when he begins to prompt us that he is going to provide for the things that he is calling us to do. And trust me, it can sound crazy when you begin to think about it. When you begin to just... When I begin to add up all the things that come with the step that God has invited us to take with him, it, become, it sounds astronomically ludicrous. But guess what? Our God is a God who literally looks at things that we deem impossible and just kind of, <laughs> really? I mean, this is the God who literally created every star and put them and hung them right where they are in the sky and named them. This is the God who has created every planet, those that we have discovered, the new ones that we, are, that, that we have yet to hear the names of that NASA has finally seen, and those that, that we will never know. And God intimately is aware of every one of them and where they hang in all of creation that he breathed. God is in the habit of taking things that we think are impossible and kind of laughing it off like, man, all I have to do is breathe, and it happens. Come on, somebody. When Abram, God says, go. He has a choice. Man, he could have stayed. He could have stayed in the familiar of his family. He, he could have stayed in the convenience of comfort. He, he could have remained right there. Just gonna, I'm going to hang out in the land of my relatives, God. It's, I mean, thanks. But I'm good. I'm good. But God said, go to the land that I'll show you. So you can't see it yet, but go, Abram. And if you do, I will bless you, Abram. Risk it. Are you willing to risk it? Are you willing to risk it? I read this somewhere this week. Because if, if you're not willing to risk the unusual, you will have to settle for the ordinary. Did you hear me? If you're not willing to risk for the unusual, you're going to have to settle for the ordinary. we got to be willing to take the risk when God invites us to see him moving in a big way. A, a big, great move of God will require a big, great faith in God. In 2018, remember, dream again. Unless we see it before we see it, we'll never see it. We'll never see it. 
And so here's what I see, just briefly, and I'll go into more depth later, but I'm, I'm, I'm seeing that property, and, and I'm already seeing how God wants to provide in other ways on that property, but I'm also seeing not just a place where we worship on Sundays. I'm seeing a place that literally there's just as many, if not more, families on that property Monday through Saturday than there is on Sunday. I'm seeing the opportunity to have enrichment moments for a lot of children and, and students on that property through fields that this, this area is aching to have just for things like sports. And not just so that we can have our church sports. Of course we would have that. But also that we could have just, hey, here's some fields. If, you're, if your kid needs to practice, why? Because I want them on holy ground. Because I want them to come onto that property so many times throughout that week, whether it's to get some sort of counsel, whether it's to get some sort of help, whether it's to come to a missional center where their needs are going to be provided for, that finally, just finally, one time, we might build the kind of relationship that earns their invitation. Hey, come and worship with us. Come and let us pray for you. Do you see it? I'm seeing a potential one day where all of a sudden we have some very creative educational um, facilities where, where we have a lot of homeschool, but we could have some, some really interesting hybrid models of how kids could become educated right there on that property, whether it be pre-K all the way up. I see a Mother's Day out. I see a preschool right now. I feel like if we built a really great preschool, come on, right? That, that, I mean, you could, you, could, you could just put that right there, and I think it would be full tomorrow. Did you know that we have nearly 22,900 more homes being developed in the few coming years? And that's just right here in our little corridor to already go with the 60,000 plus homes that already exist. Man, God wants to do something so powerful and he is inviting us. What a privilege that he is inviting us to be a part of this with him. So cool. The risk will be worth the reward. A great move of God is preceded by obedience to God. If you leave, Abram, it's going to start a chain reaction that will literally become a blessing to every generation that follows after you. Hey, Abram, today matters. What you do right now, it matters. It matters. It matters. What you do today will sow seeds of faith that will reap a harvest of faith fruit impacting every tomorrow that follows today. It matters. What if God is inviting us into this movement? And what if it could change generations of so many families that will follow after us, right? What if our obedience will lead to a blessing for so many other people that follow after us? Please hear me say this to you today. We can stay, right? We can stay right where we are. We can resist rather than take a risk. And you could say, I'm satisfied where I'm at, God. But let me ask you, are we? Are you satisfied where you at? Are you okay with ordinary or status quo? Now, some, I'm not saying everybody's walking in ordinary, but are you satisfied with, okay, God, obviously this is all of you that there is for all of me. No, I, don't, I, don't, I think that there's more. I think as long as you have breath in your lungs, God has so much more for you. Your best is yet to come. Your best is yet to come. But the truth today is, is we will never know unless we just commit to go. We will never know unless you're willing to move forward in faith. Even though you may not be able to see your land of promise personally, even though you can't see your provision personally, man, God is inviting you to step out and go. Go with him. Verse four, as we wrap up. So Abram went forth as the Lord had spoken to him and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. Now, what excuse could we have for a lack of obedience or our risk avoidance if Abram was 75 years old when he took off? I mean, he's in the twilight thing in just a few years. Oh, this will be mine, right? 
Abram took off from the land of familiar, and he, he did this in faith at 75 years of age. He took his wife, he took his nephew, all the possessions that they had, had gathered he, he, or accumulated, he, he took them all, and they, it says, Scripture says in verse 5, they set out for the land of Canaan. That's so important. They set out for the land of Canaan. Thus they came into this land, and I hope someone's hearing me today. we got to set out for our land of promise if we're going to get there. We got we to put in our mind, we got to set out for this thing. And I know it's tough. I know when we count the cost, it could look crazy, but God said it. So you know what? If God said it, we're going to set out to the land of promise. We got to fix our eyes. If we don't see it in the spirit before we see it in the natural, then we're never going to see it. So we got to set our eyes to possess the promise that God has given. See, it's, it's a radical faith that will say, none of this makes sense, but I'm going to trust you, God, and I'm just going to do it. Okay, God, I'll nibble his ear. <laughs> and listen to me. Is there any other kind of faith? Is there really any other kind of obedience? Abram took off, setting out, pursuing the promise. Point four, a great move of God is preceded by a relentless pursuit of God. You know, I think of so many people that we would say are successful people in our society. You don't become successful because you hope to be successful. You become successful because you set out and you relentlessly pursue that which you desire to be successful in. Abram pursued God to extremes. He was obedient to God's command because God had made him a promise of blessing. And look how far he would go, verse 6. Abram passed through the land as far as the site of Shechem to the oak of Morah. Now the Canaanites were in the land. The NLT says at the time the land was inhabited by Canaanites. It's believed, listen to me again, because some of us set out, and if we don't start seeing moments quickly, we get frustrated. It's believed that this journey took Abraham over 3,400 miles for 40 years. Which leads me to another point that I think we need to say, point five. A great move of God is preceded by sometimes waiting on God. It might come with some moments that feel like hiccups or moments that you feel like you trip and fall. But if you're still walking with God, you're still on the journey God has you on. Because see, sometimes walking in faith and being obedient to God's command, pursuing God's promise, sometimes it might take a minute. And sometimes it might not look the way that you would script it. But remember, you're not the one with the pen. So Abram, leaving, the, leaving his father, leaving familiar, leaving comfort, being obedient to God's call, traveling a great distance in faith, setting out to secure the promise that God has made to him, many miles traveled over many years, waiting on God to finally reveal, finally reveal the land, he said, that I will show you in verse 7. The Lord appears and says, to your descendants, I will give this land. So here, Abram arrives after all this to find that the Canaanites possess the land that God has promised. What? I mean, here he is. And please hear me. Sometimes it may look like someone else is possessing your promise. But take heart because God said to Abraham, to your descendants, I'm going to give this land. So what did Abraham do? He built an altar there to the Lord who had appeared to him. He built an altar to worship God. And what if our journey is really not even about us, right? Point six, and our last, a great move of God is preceded by a heart willing to live for legacy. And Abram, he heard God say, to your descendants, I'm going to give this land. Now, at that moment, did we see in Scripture where Abram said, oh, man, bait and switch, God. What? Man, 
Nah, he just starts building an altar and begins to worship because he realizes that the seeds he was willing to sow in faith would one day reap an incredible harvest of blessing that would touch every person on the planet. See, what if it's not... (laughs) What if it's not really about us, but it's something more that God has? Are we willing to do the work for someone else to reap the harvest? Are we willing to to work the fields for someone else to see the fruit? Is it worth it? Is it worth the sacrifice? Listen, God's calling us. Let, Let me just say, God is calling us. I know. He named us from this. God is calling us to be a Psalm 145 for church. One generation commends or entrusts to the next and declares the mighty acts of God. What if declaring the mighty acts of God is not just with your lips, but with the entirety of your life? One of my favorite theologians, A.W. Tozer, once said, God is looking for people through whom he can do the impossible. What a pity that we plan only the things that we can do by ourselves. Can I tell you something? Everything that God has asked us to do this service and the next service combined, we, we can't do it. We can't, but God can. God can. Let's not only settle for what we can plan, right? Let, let's, let's sacrifice and be willing to risk it to possess God's promise. When D.L. Moody, another great theologian, great American evangelist of the 19th century, he, 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 he lay on his deathbed and he was reputed to have said to his sons, if God be your partner, make your plans large. Dude is dying, and this is his words. Listen, church, God has given us a huge vision. And the last thing I want you to hear, please, if you're in the room and if you've been a part of moments of your religious life where you, you've been left with a sour taste in your mouth because it's all about buildings and budgets, man, that is not our heart. That's why we rarely talk about it. I do believe if you're a follower of Jesus, if you're a disciple of Jesus, your heart should beat fast to think about generations coming to know Jesus, people finding healing, people finding salvation, marriages finding restoration. I mean, these things should be a no-brainer. If you're a follower, if you're a disciple of Jesus, even talking about money should not be offensive. Can I just ask you, please? Man, let's, let's lay the sections of fence down that we like to carry of our offense. And man, let's just be open. God, what do you have for us? This is not about buildings or budgets. This is about disciples and followers of Jesus aligning their hearts with the heart of God, beating wildly for the glory of God so that for the sake of others, generations of people would come to know this God and find freedom and discover what God created them for and begin to make a difference as well. That's what this is about, amen? That's what this is about. We've got huge vision. As God is calling us and challenging us and changing us, will we be obedient to him? See, our obedience and faith just may start a chain reaction that could change the world. And I believe that is exactly what God is calling Declaration Church to do, to literally bring some change, not just to this city, but to this world in Jesus' name for the glory of God. A radical move of God requires a radical faith in God. Let's pray together.